0: Hi guys, um, here is another session from the Constructing the Real Revolutionary Art class. This is from our friend Nick, who is off social media, but goes by queer in our Discord. Um, our last session, which will be synthesizing our thoughts and ideas throughout the class, will be next Wednesday. And Constructing the Real is starting a new course today that'll be on Thursdays. Um, that'll be like a screening series uh, and and regular class on um, artist communes, which will be led by um, Hannah Brookman of Looky Here Press. Um, so enjoy the lecture. Uh, it's a fun romp about all the neoliberal issues with RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, the slides will be in the description. Um, and we'll be back to regular art and labor soon um shout out to the suny purchase media studies club who booked us for a private event this week um and yeah if you go to suny purchase message them to check out that exclusive art and labor recording all right bye guys um let's have fun Twist, eh? come on season six let's
1: get yeah! Yeah! Yes, bitch, work. um so the title of my presentation is start your engines and may the best ideology win and rather than go into a complete history of drag from the casting of Shakespearean theater to minstrel shows to the Compton's Cafe Riot, both this slide and then this one right here that I'm showing include uh some examples that have defined the art form over or for the masses over the past 50 years. For people listening, this includes Tootsie, uh Rocky Horror Picture Show, Some Like It Hot, Um Divine, obviously, uh RuPaul's talk show in the 90s, the great film White Chicks. Um, To Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Mo, uh, Paris is Burning, and Kinky Boots. And the reason I wanted to just kind of highlight this is I can't imagine my parents have ever attended a drag show, but I know they've seen Mrs. Doubtfire, um, because I remember it being on TV when I was really little. Um, so now we're just gonna quickly just talk about RuPaul's Drag Race Um, America's Next Top Model, but for drag. Uh, Drag queens that participate in the show are judged for their charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent in a variety of challenges. Um, Each week, the two queens who did the worst must lip sync for their lives One is eliminated. This is repeated with the usual reality show hijinks until there's a winner baby. Um... Now we're going to do like a super quick speed run through RuPaul's Drag Race and U.S. politics at the same time. So I'll go quickly. But on January 20th, 2009, you have the first inauguration of Barack Obama. Just under two weeks or just about two weeks later, you had uh, RuPaul's Drag Race debuting on Logo TV on February 2nd, 2009. Season one included Angina revealing her HIV status. Season two, Sony came out as a trans woman during the reunion. Season three, Shandula re- got brought back to compete a second time because she was the first one eliminated. Um, in September 2011, you also had Occupy Wall Street. Season four, Latrice Royale talked about serving time in prison. Season five, they had uh, an episode Whip, sync extravaganza, eleganza, where the queens impersonated mem- memorable scenes from Untucked, the show that happens after the show to kind of give you a little back scene, or behind the scene look at the queens talking to each other about how they did each week. Uh, February twenty eighth of two thousand thirteen, Chelsea Manning pleads guilty to ten of twenty two charges. In July, uh, Black Lives hashtag Black Lives Matter, after the acquittal of uh, the murder of Trayvon Martin, uh, George Zimmerman. Season six, uh, Laganja Estranja, who was featured at the beginning, felt very attacked. Um, in May of 2014 was also the transgender t- tipping point in Time magazine. Uh, 2015, Katya and Miss Fame talk about the difficulties of sobriety. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court held in a 5-4 decision, um, related to, uh, same-sex marriage recognition and the, if everyone truly remembers, the White House being lit up in rainbow collars. In December of that year, uh, drag Queen Story Hour was started in San Francisco, in um, season eight, Bob the Drag Queen discussed uh, an arrest blocking a roadway um, for a giant banner during a 2011 marriage equality protest. In um, season nine, Drag Race moves from the LGBT-specific channel logo to VH1, and from Mondays to Fridays. And Lady Gaga, who clearly and you know like has connection to the show as being a artist that has a lot of songs lip-synced by drag queens um, appears in the debut episode of that season. Um, also, there's the um, going later into the year after Donald Trump takes office, uh, the, he tweets about the transgender military ban, uh, the Unite the Right rally, and then also Me Too f- kicks off um, following the widespread allegations against Harvey Weinstein, 2018, Miss Van G is eliminated first and sweeps the internet with her um, farewell as she repeats her name, Miss Vanjie, as she steps backwards. Blair Sinclair opens up about past sexual assault. Um, the Supreme Court um, held in the 7-2 decision um, that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission violated the First Amendment um, in regards to Masterpiece Cake Shop um, that they weren't discriminatory for refusing to bake a wedding cake of a gay couple based on the owner's religious beliefs. 2011 had Trump, the Rusical, a musical parody of Greece about Donald Trump and the women in his life and cabinet. Um, 20 or season 12 in 2020, this last year, um, right around when the season starts, um, At least seven aspiring young actors uh, talked to BuzzFeed News that they were catfished by um, a contestant, Sherry Pye, who posed as a casting director and led them to submit embarrassing audition tapes. VH1 announces via social media the day of the season second episode that... um, he's been disqualified and will not be attending either the reunion nor the finale episodes were then edited to minimize his presence. Um, Season 12 also included um, Jackie Cox wearing, whoops, Jackie Cox um, hijab runway look for the stars and stripes category in which Jeff Goldblum um, asks if, is there something in this religion that is anti homosexuality and anti woman? Does that complicate the issue? I think I'm raising it and I thinking out loud and maybe being stupid. And that Rue notes that Drake is always uh, shaking the tree, so to speak, and an apparent reference to the sensitivity of the topic. And um, Jackie Cox, like, had so much, I don't know, like respect, or just, like, a lot of respect to her for being able to handle, like, such an ignorant question. Um And then Season 12 also included Crystal Method lip-syncing to I'm Like a Bird by Nellie Furtado and regurgitating into their own mouth, which it was just such an incredible moment that that was on national television. Um, and then this season that's been happening since around January, um Gottmik is the first Um, trans man candidate and then Simone who is also a final in the top four with gotmik wore a say their names runway look and when they turned around you could see or they came out and when they turned around they had both bullet holes in their back and um, the phrase say their names on their fascinator on their head and This is the end of the presentation. Thank you guys so much. Like, clearly everything is so much better than it was in 2018, right? Or, slams the Like Extinction button. We can now talk about why Drag Race has a lot of issues. And is really, in fact, super counter-revolutionary. So, here's just a little chart. It's kind of old, from June 2018, but just talking about the ways in which... um, Racism gets enacted in social media followings related to tallying up the number of Instagram followers of every queen who's made in the top half of their seasons. And you can just obviously see, like, the huge disparity among, um, followers, um... Racism in the fan base is so bad that the official Drag Race YouTube channel put out a PSA in September of this past year, urging the toxic racism present within the show's fandom to stop. Um, which, I mean, I guess they're trying something, but it's really kind of incredible to that it's gotten to this point in some ways. Um, and this is only after there had been panel discussions in major media outlets by... The mo- some of the most famous Black queens in the show about how horrible the show how horrible the show's fans have been to them. Um, Widow Von Du specifically had stated that they were taking a time away from so or from social media and from drag after their appearance on the show because fans were so horrible. Um, since Okay has talked a lot about the busy box as a concept and a lot of podcast episodes Drag Race really is just like the white gay busy box in a lot of ways um, it's sports it's all these things and as we'll see just like how much of an industry there is to talk about Drag Race um, what I guess this is the best part to just talk about how when the show moved from Mondays to Fridays just kind of concern about the effect on gay bars in which Monday is obviously a fairly dead night for bars, and then to move to Friday, what is surely one of the most popular nights to go out and having to then deal with scheduling, dealing with queens, hosting shows, all those things, and what that does to the small businesses in which you know most every gay bar is was pretty difficult um so because I've worked on this presentation the content oh my fucking god my facebook my newsfeed has become a nightmare of suggested articles um because this show's emphasis on looks and performance makes it perfect for clickbait headlines as you can see in the slide just like this is not a drill first looks of the season we got all the highlights hall of famer coming at you these queens go off. Like this show is just perfectly made for just like the social media banter of spilling the tea and all this shit about like getting people's attention. Um, And I think that's really interesting given RuPaul's favorite phrase, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. Um, One of the promoted ads that I got was RuPaul's masterclass in which RuPaul teaches self-expression and authenticity. But... RuPaul will talk about self-expression and authenticity while their uh, makeup artist and hairdresser Raven, who is a contestant on season two, is actually the person putting on drag, which I found really funny. Um, And here's this, I posted this twice just because the video is really long, but uh, here's just. Uh, I guess first to introduce, like, recently watching All-Star season two for the first time, RuPaul, during the reunion, said, I'm a marketing genius. I marketed subversive drag to 100 million motherfuckers in the world. I'm a marketing motherfucking genius over here. And it's really kind of funny because though that may be the case, that drag has become way popular because of RuPaul, um, just some of the ways in which the show carries out how queens can be the authentic self. So here's this a clip from the most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race UK, in which Joe Black wears an H&M dress and the whole, I don't know, internet, everything went crazy.
2: Off the rack.
1: No and then, so, it's really interesting, given both um, Michelle's comments and then Rue's right here. That outfit off the rack was a huge disappointment to me. I don't want to see any fucking H&M. Um, it's really interesting, just given the way in which my old roommate, who's just a fanatic of this show, has talked about RuPaul's Drag Race, because he always commented that he was most excited to see queens come back for an all-star season of queens that had been on a prior season, um, that didn't have a lot of money, because then, because they had become a Rue girl, it gave them an opportunity to make a little bit more money and have better fashion. Um... And it's really interesting, because from my understanding, I can't think of a single time that this show has really talked about the reality of what it means to work as a drag queen, and to work nightlife, and to talk about tipping. Obviously, this show is made for, you know, an LGBT audience, it originally debuting, or originally showing on Logo, but as the show has moved to VH1 and has gotten, like, a way more... Um, a way wider audience specifically of white women like to not talk about the realities of like what does it mean to work a bar is kind of interesting to think about oh no i thought you're like fan
3: But you came out
1: that okay um so then the other thing about drag race is that there's this like an endless amount of crossover projects which expand drag race far beyond untucked rupaul has the podcast what's the tea with celebrities contestants cast, judges since season nine they've made a point to show the queens being interviewed on like on the tv show to show them being interviewed for the podcast there's What you pack in where limited queens get to highlight the garments they maybe didn't or did not see since season six. And then there's an endless amount of web series, most of which are quickly canceled, but include The Pit Stop uh, and Fashion Photo Review, which get hundreds of thousands of views in the case of Fashion Photo Review and in the case of uh, or The Pit Stop, like a million per video. And then Drag Race has also expanded into DragCon in Los Angeles, New York City, and London. Um, One thing that's a super classic kind of joke trope throughout the, the show is every season RuPaul puts out a new single and tries to sell it by saying now on iTunes and the filming of a music video is part of the end of every season and just kind of like this self-deprecating self-promotion and the, the kind of grind culture, this idea of I've hustled and succeeded in capitalism. Um, and you know, I'm doing it and giving an opportunity for my community to also be raised up, which is definitely up for debate some. Um, and a lot of people have pointed to Parks and Rec as the definitive show of the Obama years, but in some ways I would really argue that Drag Race, given the timeline that I kind of walked through earlier, but even more so than that, the show really kind of fits into perfectly the this area of social media, as I talked about um, in regards to the focus on looks and on performance, and really also lines up super well with um, an emphasis on Pride and Pride marketing. Um, Obviously, it existed way before Drag Race, but just the way in which literally every brand now has a Pride parade float and all of those things. um, I feel like it really, like, one thing that I was thinking about when putting this together is just, like, how many times in the last couple years I've heard did you know that the first Pride was a riot, which obviously is used to critique the, you know, this capitalization of LGBT um, issues, people, dollars, but it's also used kind of cynically by those same people capitalizing to talk about, like, now is an opportunity to be uh, proud and to buy our things. Um, so now I don't know if OK wants to take over, but otherwise I can just keep going. Um, so here's a clip of One of the first ones is kind of talking a little bit about the show's relationship with the military, which is pretty interesting and pretty kind of messy, and politics in general. Um, So we'll just play this little bit that I cut out. Here we go, ladies. Attention! Hey, Drag Soldiers, Project John Polly here, and this week's episode of Drag Race... There's full of
4: reasons why I'm proud to be a gay-American. One big reason is the annual Drag Race makeover episode. Fresh meat in the workroom. Thank you, gay god. This season, gay veterans get the Glamazon treatment.
1: God bless America.
4: But first, we queens have to take their annual pres- annual presidential physical fitness test. What? No, shut up. You call yourself a drag queen? Then our queens become army wives
5: office. Hers. I love the smell of drag queen in the morning.
1: Erin, you're going to be with Lady Detox. You're beautiful.
5: Thank you.
4: Detox gets all crushy on her very cute buff Marine Queen Erin.
1: Do you have a boyfriend or anything? No. Who can blame her? He's really sweet and a total sissy, and I really like that.
4: Sister a soldier, and they
1: have lots in common. She's been assisting that walk up and down this entire workroom. And when they rehearse on the main stage? How do you feel? Man? I feel alive. Bethadone, season six! Mm-hmm. And bless Francis Gunn that Olga Vett and Olgavet Dave gets paired with Old Soul Jinx Monsoon. They're adorable! I get. Um, so yeah, just like that episode where they made over military, um, veterans. Um,. You know, soldiers walking in high heels, all of those kinds of things. Next, I only included this because I find it really funny. This is just a clip related to Nancy Pelosi making an appearance on the show. Uh, As a gay man, I've been very proud to see you fighting for our rights only two episodes until we crown a winner. Welcome Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi. 51% of people between 18 and 29 no longer support the system of capitalism. The younger generation is moving left on economic issues. I wonder if there's anywhere you feel that the Democrats could move farther left to a more populist message. Thank
4: you for your question, uh, but I have to say we're capitalists. And that's just the way
2: it is. That's just the way we stand together, We're white, We're black, Hispanic, gay, straight, <laughs> and demand that this country works
4: for all of us rather than the few, we will transform America.
1: up your life. I love you and respect you so
2: much. You know what? I love you too. <laughs>
4: All stars all new thursday at 8 only on yeah i guess
0: i guess i will add that like nancy also like did an appearance like in like like they showed it i think in the finale like her like she's like comes to like her one of like the big like bars in san francisco or something or in her district in california wherever the fuck it is um and it, it to me like like that that clip of bernie and that like it's become a constituency that you can like easily market to through drag race so it's like a campaign stop basically and that's kind of what i I wanted to add to when you see like the military guys getting a makeover that's no different than having um a native advertisement for a particular you know brand of vodka or um uh, fabric wall or um these things that are very very prevalent in every single episode of, of drag race there are multiple in episode sponsors in addition to the commercials that play you know in between segments um it's multiple alcohol sponsors multiple um websites and like that cater to drag queens um and you can see kind of like the the big jump that it's been taking from like season one I think the the prize was only like twenty thousand and now it's a hundred thousand. Now um the Queens are paid uh for every win. Uh and that used to only be they did that for um All stars, but they started doing it in the most recent season where the winners get um five thousand dollars an episode. Uh so something's sort of happening where they know they have to give more for like you know uh like like the clip Nick played earlier of RuPaul demanding you know no H&M and it's like well this is a, you know <laughs> this is not a very fair competition obviously um but yeah it is as as far I yeah I just kind of wanted to hammer home that like when you see the army when you see these things when you see AOC uh, uh, as a contestant these are all um branded partnerships and uh it's it's uh it's it's kind of like watching uh PR uh it's just like
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and I I think that's a perfect place to, this is probably the longest clip that I have, and I'm, you know, being cognizant of time, but this one, it was so hard to pare down in which um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was a guest judge, and specifically a judge in the same season, in which um, you have Jackie Cox who is a New York queen, the one who wore the look with the hijab. You have multiple queens that all live in New York City, as is always the case. And in addition to, obviously, her start as a um, congresswoman and being an outspoken person on Twitter. And so I'm just going to let this play right now. If it works.
5: You are amazing.
3: you all are amazing. Oh Oh, my god, 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 God,
4: God, God. girl.
3: I'm God. God. I'm God. I'm God. There you go, God. How did you enjoy the Madonna performance? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm a huge drag race fan. I think this was the best musical out of the world. No BS. To yeah.
1: me. So what's it like for you being on RuPaul's drag race? Yeah.
3: It is I mean, this is truly a dream come true. I mean, last year I was bartending in a restaurant. Oh my God. Mom. That was my life last February, and every night I would come home, and the only thing that would help me disconnect and unplug was watching Drag Race. Wow. That was that wow. was the thing that I did every single night, and to be in this moment is just so humbling and amazing. And I'm just trying to drink it up the way you all are. This like, oh. It's so crazy that like somebody so
1: important in this country would take the time out of their life to come here. Not only you being here, but to hear that you love and appreciate what we do and that it helps affect change throughout the universe. And, like, hearing that from you, who is so you know, uh, amazingly powerful and impactful to our society right now. So and I'm so appreciative, I know everybody here is too. So We're thank gagged. you. Like, yeah. We are literally gagged that you're sitting right here. It's really exciting to meet Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This is such a huge honor because she's stood down the very same racism that my mom has encountered her whole time living in this country. It means a lot to me that there's representatives like AOC in Congress today. I see you. And then, um, so, obviously, kind of going off OK's points about marketing oh, demographics. You have this, five. Yep, no worries, and we're going to run a little bit long, but that's okay. Um, so, just talking about marketing demographics and things like that, and obviously you can see, you know, I don't want to get into the argument about whether is good or bad or any of that, but just the way in which the way representation and all those things in the show are swirling together with politics and what actually real change looks like. Um, Rather than watch this clip, I guess uh, I'll just talk about it very quickly, which in this most recent season for this musical they did um, about social media in which two of the queens come out dressed in joking, stereotypical Soviet garb. Claiming that they want to ruin the USA, it's easy to do it in the USA. So naive in USA, this will be Putin's USA, and just kind of talking about that that Russia spreading conspiracies daily, like the Democrats hate Israelis, and it's I got a cute name, it's QAnon, and just like the way in which this shows politics are just so much in lockstep with just that like stereotypical like liberal. MSNBC, CNN kind of viewpoint. Um, and then, of course, uh, we don't need to focus on it too much, but the show's relationship with the trans community, which is important enough on its own that it has a section on the Wikipedia page, which is definitely under re- underreported, in my opinion. Um, they've There's been a lot of critique for the past use of the um, word Gmail, um, and when RuPaul was called out for this during season six, in an appearance on what the fuck with Mark Marin, RuPaul claimed that it's not the trans community who have a problem with his actions over the years. These are fringe people who are looking for storylines to strengthen their identity as victims. Words hurt me. Bitch, you need to get stronger. Which is really kind of something from someone that has as much of a platform as Ru to say those things. Um, and then in twenty eighteen, there was the drag loses its sense of danger and a sense of irony once it's once it's not men doing it, questioning whether um, you know trans um, non binary women could ever be on the show. And er, rue compared taking uh, HRT to performance enhancing drugs during the Olympics. Um, And then the most classic, my favorite thing, probably the closest we'll get to, like, real art is when Rue definitely (laughs) tried to type trans flag into Google, but instead typed train flag, and then shared this photo of train landscape by Ellsworth Kelly, um, saying that (laughs) the show, um, over the past 10 years, we've been casting... Um, RuPaul's Drag Race, the only thing we've ever screened for is charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, and that will never change. But instead of a trans flag, it's uh, this green and yellow striped painting. Um, And then there's also been uh, Ru... or the show wouldn't allow Manila to wear uh, a look for a challenge for Padded for the Gods of a menstrual pad, but... And she was told that it was in bad taste and that she should wear a backup. And just to think about what that's like when you compare it to this season for Gotmick's beat-it look, when Gotmick dressed up as anal beads. Um and then there's just a lot of interesting stuff that there hasn't been a lot written about, but there's very clearly obvious the blending of the fashion world and drag race. And specifically the House of Avalon, which Simone, who's a finalist this season, and Gigi Good, who is a finalist in her season, are all part of the same like fashion hype house in Los Angeles. Um, and kind of how those things are kind of all blending together. And at one point this season, Simone, while breaking down, said, There's so much invested in me to do well here. Um, which kind of talks about the uneven playing field. And, you know, you can question what that means. Uh, Lastly, we could also call this presentation Off With Her Wig. Did you you just say wig? Yes. I know. Wig.
2: I feel that already. What is wig? wig? No, It's not your language. It's just for
1: us. Wig. Um... So, yeah, we should definitely snatch RuPaul's wig. And the real question I'm interested in in this conversation and in general is I feel that, like, can we crack through this fan or stan culture? I feel like this question's on the tip of everyone's tongue, and but it's not never outright stated. But I feel that drag as an art form might be uniquely positioned. Um, So how is this different than, as we discussed last week, the NBA strike, which was averted by a phone call from Obama or um, Colin Kaepernick's kneeling during the national anthem? How is it different than pro wrestling, K-pop, the stripper strike, museum workers, video games, Spotify? Well, um, part of it is that drag is completely determined and defined in pop culture by RuPaul. Um, the show's gay sports, but unlike other queer favorites like ice skating and gymnastics, there's no agreed upon scoring system. Even if you think of the history of drag and drag balls, they have a judges' panel. Where uh, this is unlike Drag Race with a capital D and a capital R, because the final decision is Ruse and Ruse alone. He basically gets to determine who is America's next drag superstar, like just on his own, and who gets the money. This also gets really interesting when you compare this to the, um, like, or the this judging takes on a whole new meaning when applied to the psychopath-level quote from BuzzFeed from a couple years ago. when um, I'll just read it, because I don't want to skip over this. This is Rude Paul talking. "I I remember once I had this place that overlooked the Hudson River, and I saw this guy on a sailboat, and it had capsized, and I went to the phone thinking, I've got to call someone. But then I thought, what's the best thing I can do? You know what? I'm going to pray for this person. I'm going to send them loving energy. He did not say in the interview whether the man survived. Um, Lastly, or another thing, Rue was like he literally fracks on NPR. He talked about having a 60,000 acre modern ranch that's land management. And then there is just the fact that like he is literally crowning people the way in which this whole show is talked about, there really is like the empire of RuPaul. This, this need to expand into other countries. You have Canada drag race, you have, um, the licensed, the switch drag race in, uh, Chile, uh, Australia and New Zealand's RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under is about to start soon. You have Drag Race Holland, Drag Race España is about to start, Drag Race Thailand um, and the UK. You have all these things as Ru's brand is taking over what this art form means globally. Um, So this gets interesting when there was a um the season 14 contract was... That's Ru- time. Yep. I... Got just a few more slides. Um, The season 14 contract was leaked recently, and it had some fairly standard reality TV stuff around exclusivity, crappy pay per episode, and non-disclosure agreements, but then there's also really messy things where, by appearing on the show, you're granting the producers to be your exclusive manager, which gets really interesting because they're saying that there'll be an agreed upon negotiated rate and good faith accordance to the industry standard but what does the drag race end? In- or like what is the drag industry is it reality television is it nightlife performance um monet exchange in a deleted scene said that the reason that they came on drag race was so they could get health care or that they could hopefully someday afford health insurance. Well, the Vixen in that same episode in response said that they were trying to pay off student loans. Um, You have all these issues of drag queens dealing with management issues. Adore Delano's suing their management company for allegedly stealing millions. Monet exchange got um, kicked off the haters roast by the, tour producers because they skipped a night to go film a music video with Madonna and then the producers made this really messy Instagram post so there's this like all this tension around labor in drag race in which Rue is at the center of basically all of this because this is how we know who any of these artists are um, so you're starting to see some queens starting to like do some of their own things. Alaska had the Drag Queen of the Year pageant, which welcomed performers, regardless of gender identity, to all compete against one another. You have queens like Latrice Royale and Shangela starting their own management companies. And um, here in Wisconsin, Trixie Mattel is making sure that the three-for-one drink specials continue at This Is It, Milwaukee's oldest gay bar, by investing money and becoming a co-owner. Um, so this is this is the final example I want to walk through quickly, which um, is talking about drag in the city of Chicago. So in November 2016, um, Lucy Stuhl, The Vixen, Che Coulay, and Dita Ritz all started Black Girl Magic, which is a show specifically to feature Black queens. And this is happening in was happening in Boys Town, the first officially recognized gay village in the United States, part of the Lakeview neighborhood in Chicago on the north side. And as you can see in the 2010 dot map, just like how white the north side is of Chicago, unsurprisingly, or, you know, based on what we all know about that city, um, and when the vixen started on the show and they entered,
4: have a love I'm here to Fight.
1: Um, and so the vixen—that's how the vixen was literally introduced to the nation—was saying, "I want to fight." And in the season, things got like really heated. There was a lot of arguments of queens, the vixen not taking the racism and bullshit of the show, and. During the finale, the vixen left the stage after um, this little incident. In a second, never once in this competition did I start a fight. Ugh. It looked like you were instigating things. This thing between Miss Cracker and it's not instigating to tell someone the truth. You can also not say anything, <gasps> but that's not any fun. Okay, so I came here. To thank my fans, and now that
2: I've done that,
0: y'all can have a good wait, night. Wait, fix it,
3: fix it, fix it. Okay, no. well, fix Vixen... it. So, fix and pulls a pearl and...
1: But, so. Oh, actually, I'm gonna just play a little bit longer, because I want Root, specifically ruse like. The... Really, like, huge blow up about this situation. I'm to someone who cannot be spoken to. It's ridiculous that that our thought process about people is so self-centered look at me, look at me god damn it uh, you, i come yes. from the same goddamn place where she, she comes th- from you see me walking out
0: no i'm not walking out i f- learn how to act around people and how to deal with f- that's disrespectful to each of you oh.
1: Yeah, so just, like, the way in which that all played out. And so then in the summer of this last year in June, there was a drag march for change, specifically through the Boys Town neighborhood and the north side of Chicago. And um, two days later, there was an open letter written to uh, T-Rex, formerly Tranica Rex, about their needs of... um, basically trying to hold T-Rex to account as kind of the queen in the city who hosts shows. And four days after that, there was a zoom town hall in which T did not engage at all and was clearly looking at their phone and wasn't taking things seriously. Um, Two day one and two days later, two of the bars that used T as hosts had severed their relationships They're working in relationships with T as a drag host, and we're looking to work with other people and to do things, or, you know, to involve other voices. This led to the creation of the Chicago Black Drag Council. And I just want to point out their goals, which are, they are having a survey for racial equity. They're acting as a as a place to report incidents of racism, transphobia, and other incidents that happen. Specifically, you know, like, thinking about the way in which non-white individuals coming to, like, the very white, very, like, cis gay men neighborhood of Boys Town. And they also were working on creating paid opportunities for Black performers um, through raising funds. And I just want to compare this, these attempts to improve material conditions to the more symbolic action on this next slide in which a local activist um, created a pension to try to change the name of Boys Town. And after a three month survey, the neighborhood business leaders, like even though the majority of people were okay with the name and 80% of people said they didn't feel unwelcome by the name, they're now calling Boys Town North Halstead. And you know, what's really a symbolic gesture as opposed to working to improve material conditions. So this is where I'm wrapping up. I could have done a whole presentation on Vice's article this past week, Shantae, You Pay, which goes into how much money queens put into to get outfits. And I guess I'm excited to discuss where this leaves us. Is the show, you know, this um, revolutionary liberal thing, is it really counter-revolutionary? Or are there opportunities in this super like niche hyper focus on one individual to like I don't know build some change and I guess I'll leave with if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else can I get an amen in here
0: wow amen
1: now let the music play (laughs) (laughs) and that's it thank you for listening to all my long slides Great job.
0: Mm. So we're not getting a drag union. We're getting drag HR. That's what's happening, huh? Uh, drag sensitivity training. Drag sensitivity training. Drag HR, yeah. Yeah.
4: Drag diversity. Drag initiative. diversity
0: initiative. Uh, all that stuff. Um, no drag union, no, no labor union.
5: And this kind of, it just makes me think of stuff that we've definitely talked about on the pod, but that there's always a pipeline and it's kind of what gets talked about in our, in bear life too. I mean, it's exactly what gets talked about there, but it's like, you know, the way that. Biopower functions is by the ruling class hegemony absorbing any sort of dissent that could come out of a countercultural movement and then, you know, kind of offering the the human rights back to the community that like started the movement of sort of like um you know, I don't know, dissent or uh Resistance to
2: begin with.
0: Um, sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of Occupy Wall Street and kind of, you know, the thing turns around to a point where the people who are you know, protesting,
4: being asked to kind of list their demands or like bring the situation around to a point where the authority will give them the thing rather than them taking it or
5: something.
1: Well, and I guess like that's where, at least for me as someone who doesn't live in Chicago, but has definitely gone to shows like, yeah, there's like, you know, kind of like, how are these people like claiming or like, taking what's rightfully theirs. But like like Tyrannica, like, was Chicago Drag in a lot of ways, like hosting the like drag race spin-off, like crash landing show of New Queens. Was the person hosting all the RuPaul girls coming to watch parties? Like truly was this figure that was like at the top of the heap and was never gonna go on the show like specifically because of the messy history of the name and all of those kinds of things. But like, I don't know. I guess like I have at least like a little bit of hope in the way in which black Queens in Chicago are like making it known how important they are to the scene and like what the scene is in Chicago. Like, how that actually like continues to develop as we move into like a time where there actually is nightlife again we'll see but it does it does feel at least that having watched the entire the entire um 3 hour town hall or whatever that i mean unfortunately right like the people who own the bars still own the bars But at the very least, like, and there isn't now like a venue that's specifically going to be, you know, like owned by black drag Queens, but at the very least, like there's some chipping away of what things mean, like not censoring music, all of those kinds of things, which are just like the baseline racism and, you know, transphobia and all those things that are just like that bottom level. That's preventing people from even engaging in the first place.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the, to, like constant struggle of like fighting for equality within the existing system and then w- wanting to undo the system entirely. Um, so yeah, that that's why I, l- I liked that your presentation split it into these like different ways of thinking about it, whether like, or may the best ideology win sort of. And it's, um, and I and for, for now, of course, that is like, um, yeah bog standard like neoliberalism and then some slight like reforms um uh so it it, but it's like that's like what yeah that what that is what has like the dominant power right now and then like the, the vixen reminded me most of like colin kaepernick like coming in and like challenging um like yeah, cha- the challenging the the um, the queen, the you know, and to the point where, um, it like I it always feels like RuPaul's doing this conditioning, and it it's it's sort of like a conditioning, um, that's like yeah, it's it's it's, it's strange because like you know for me I've, I've been watching the show since two thousand nine. I watch it every season and like. To go from like um, you know, y- young, impressionable teenager that's like, oh, there's a gay channel and there's a drag queen television show. That's crazy. Um <laughs> how cool to uh to like, whoa, it's it's gotten like it's gotten so much more high stakes and nuts. But then I'm also like imagining the person who is a teenager now, like just yes. dis- like discovering it on vh1 because they're like they're not in new york state where there's like (laughs) um like access to these things or whatever um and um and to them it's like oh wow this is like a thing like that's kind of the contention i have with lady gaga too because lady gaga is this like nyu kid performer like i'm gonna go to make it in the big New York city and I'm going to perform. And honestly, it's not just like drag Queens using her songs as lip syncs. It's also like she taking, she takes a lot of like, uh, she lifts wholesale, like in like inspiration from like Queens that like she went to school with and.
3: Oh yeah.
0: 100%. Um, so it's like this, this weird, these constant weird little like symbiotic relationships that come that come up from like all of these, um, different channels where, uh, where, where drag just tries to be. <laughs> and the, then it, and yeah, it's like just from passionate people and then it gets exploited in all these different ways. I mean,
5: this, this whole presentation made me think about the creation of like a nationality or nationhood, and just the ways that under a system that you know it's sort of it's like you know, I try to think of the world like, well, what if there was no Rupaul's drive race, like what if there was no uh extremely flawed uh sprawling empire that you know, kind of normalizes drag, then we'd be in a whole other mess of, of some other kind of like repressive system. But instead we have this attempt maybe of like, um, you know, a core group of these organizers like RuPaul and her team, like uh, they're they're working to expand internationally. They're like accepting the terms of capitalism and understanding that there's going to be like extreme compromise. And at that point, it sort of is like all failed revolutions where something starts out with good intentions and then gets sort of like chipped away and turned into like, just a pile of concessions to the point where, I mean, RuPaul's like amazing because both turfs and the trans community don't like it. It's like really impressive.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Um. So uh, what you just said makes a lot of sense. I was thinking about uh, Nick's question of like, can we crack through uh, stand culture? And I think especially like in the past few years, there's been like talks Oh, parasocial relationships, right? They're dangerous and spooky, but they are always told like they're examining this way about like, okay, the the fan is like a sick person who doesn't know boundaries and stuff like that and and at most you get like a surface level analysis of like okay but the creator is also like feeding that you know we have the we are a family and you know certain names for for the the fan of a certain person and things like that but there's never much analysis about how the systems are made to to like reinforce that like to have uh to make any money online you have to have a brand and that means having to interface with the systems that are about being created these interactions. I mean, like if you don't do social media in a certain way, like there's going to be new features, you need to learn how to use those because otherwise the algorithm is not going to put you on. You're going to have to post constantly. You're going to have to share stuff about your life, not just what you're creating. So it's like, even if you don't want to, you're going to end up creating like a parasocial relationship between you and your audience, at least to some extent. Of course, there are ways to... You know, not be completely disgusting about it, but you're still going to have cases happening. And this level of compromise is not really analyzed, I think. And and I think it's very hard for people to uh, accept that you need to have this compromise at some point, because the way we talk about uh, being leftist is always about these ideals, right? But we can only really uh, be 100% to those ideals if we don't have to navigate capitalism. Because at some point you're going to have to have a shitty job and that means working to a boss that has bad values or like if you work for a big company, they do bad shit. Like you're not the main responsible for that, but you're a cog in that machine. And I think we really need to start thinking about, okay, uh, we can think about making these new systems, but we're still going to have to figure out how do we like are okay with navigating these systems while we're still outside of the revolution because at the moment like there's difference of like judging RuPaul and then I don't know judging someone that like you know has a Patreon and then the streams every day and then like talks to their fans as if they're family or like oh yeah how's your day going to their fans but I don't think we really know how to dif- like we don't know what to do to spot the difference there especially the material level I mean, it's like when someone tweets something fucked up, and it gets like a thousand quote retweets. Everyone dunking on them, and then you see the account is like has two hundred followers. So it's like, what's really the level of harm that is doing? I mean, it, it's fucked up, and that person should be talked to and like get be accountable for. But to have the entire website like dogpile on that person is. Like that works when it's, I don't know, Pelosi tweeting something fucked up, but it's not the same. And so I think that's the main, uh, that's first step to like crack STEM coaching. Like, I would
0: even say to follow like, like RuPaul season one is different. Uh, is it, is, is a, di- uh, like not really a different class, but like a lower middle class, maybe. And then by the current season is like, extremely wealthy like 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 nick was saying like extremely wealthy like owns frack like with along with his husband you know who he's married to and they they own they they are owner they're the owner class they um are are you know closer to the ruling class than i think maybe that maybe there was an argument that at, at the beginning of rupaul's drag race that like logo is very small potatoes and like the the production difference from season one to season 14 is insane. Like they literally just like kind of smeared Vaseline on the lens and like shot it in like very low quality (laughs) and like had no set. And like, it was just sort of this, um, fun thing on a very like, uh, um, like obscured, channel not but like not obscure again like if you're in new york city like a lot of people get it in like this in these like fairly affordable cable packages uh here or whatever it you know it 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 it, it, it would be like to me it's almost like somebody who i'm thinking about like is this guy jake fold he had a public access television show in new york city when he was like a child and then he got like a deal with mtv that raised him up to this like other status where you have like more influence and a little, uh, a little more power. And maybe you went from renting an apartment to owning a house with like this, this new found um it like influence money and power. It kind of changes your class relationship. And we see that contention in RuPaul over and over again, whenever he is confronted um with Queens who are, starting at the bottom of the rung you know and it's almost like it's almost like he's a a manager he's the gatekeeper he's the girl boss gatekeep gaslight (laughs)
1: well yeah i mean that's the thing about it right is like at, at the end of the day like managing what the television show product is of a whole bunch of artists that are trying to like express themselves and show off their creativity. And at the end of the day, like plucking one person at the end and being like, you best represent me and my legacy and the legacy of this thing I've created. Therefore I will crown you and give you a scepter and a hundred thousand dollars and parade you around for the next year until there's a new next superstar and then we're going to forget <laughs> like who you were
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and there, there is a sort of nationalism like what you was talking about and like d- diplomacy and like yeah and i i definitely recommend holly lewis's book the politics of everybody who she's writes about like queer nationalism um in a way that really makes sense to me um and uh, it, it there. There's something to the sort of like diplomacy aspect of it that, like, yeah, that like like public relations projects like television um allow oper like opportunities, including you can be gay and own a fracking field, you know, <laughs> like you couldn't do that before. They were, you know, <laughs>
3: it's a gateway drug. <laughs>
5: Now you can. Um. Yeah. I mean, just to like circle back around to the concept of nationality. um, There's it's like the the structure that people use. I don't know. I guess I'm like really steeped in Napoleonic history right now. I've just been like trekking through. And I'm seeing like a lot of parallels, uh, in the way that there is somebody that becomes a focal point that it's like it takes a while for this individual to brand themselves as the, as the hub for this community. But, you know, once that happens, there's this inevitable arc that seems to be like copied here where like, if you look at Napoleon was like, all right, you know what I'm, you know, I'm starting out scrappy and RuPaul's always like, Oh, I'm starting out scrappy. So I can always relate to people and you could be like me. So there's like, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm totally relating. I'm in the same place as you. It's just that I got to this situation through X, Y, and Z steps. So if you listen, there's like, you know, a way to build the pyramid scheme out of that. And like that that's one way that also fandom gets uh sort of nullified because RuPaul is giving people jobs. And it's like, oh, well it's not only about well, being a fan, gigs. it's about being a competitor. <laughs>
0: you like now now it's like the show yeah gives the winner money like before maybe they would get gift cards to certain things right um, no
5: exactly and that's yeah. just like napoleon it's like the first battles motherfuckers <laughs> didn't even have shoes and now and then you get to then they get fancy clothes and they get like yeah. all the awards and they get to pillage
0: Wherever oh they God. go, Another, they get village. Uh, it could it could have been called like uh RuPaul's Drag Race. Trickle down economics doesn't work, and that could have been a whole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I would say no, because like you only have to see the crisis of COVID to see the whole system that was held apart by string and tape like completely fall apart. Like it's the same the same thing is happening to the drag community that's happening to the musicians and you know the musicians got got a little more organized and and are are figuring it out a little bit more the the drag queens organized in in gofundme's like um Nick showed one that's like very very common like everybody's just gofundmeing each other constantly and um and this other it's kind of like yeah just more more scrambles more tape but there's definitely people falling through the cracks. There's like um, contestants who are from poor backgrounds die young. Like it does happen. Uh, um, you know, the other thing with like Jackie Cox, like Jackie Cox is obviously very privileged in a lot of ways. Like the way she talks about re- representation and racism is always like referring to her immigrant mother. Um you know who's like some sort of like genius scientist or some shit. Like I can't remember what, but it's very middle class. But then there's um state like uh what's her name like Stacy Amon Diamond, who is like actually like you know second English as a second language Muslim contestant who's just ignored and like it not you know doesn't have nearly the following doesn't have nearly like the branding of. Of Jackie Cox, who's not, um, not even actually like Muslim, uh, just wore the hijab to, as a reference to a culture. But, um, it's, it, it, it to me, well, it's it confused cynical. They're,
5: they're not sure if they're allowed to like Muslims here.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, and it is a nice gesture to Americans to be like, I'm American too, whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's these, I don't know weighing the scales
2: (laughs) can we talk about AOC and Nancy Pelosi that's kind of (laughs) what I've been thinking about too and Bernie I mean the fact that they're like just tied up in the Democratic Party is really interesting really interesting (laughs) yeah I mean it just makes it all seem kind of like political brainwash propaganda
1: well and the The so what every season where there's been an election so they do like a their one of the one of the challenges right is like a presidential debate in which all of the queens right like dress up in their best like I'm a candidate outfit and do these kind of ridiculous like what would be your platform as a drag queen you know like or all of that or like the. 2016 the whole season was just like vote they at the end of every episode they would come out with the big signs that just said like vote.gov or whatever and like dance around while they let the music play and just like that is that is like the 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 political the political project of the show right being representational being like all these things about like let our voices be heard. And really, it truly is wrapped up in this, in the Democratic Party. Like, so, like, so lockstep. It's very, like, cringy in a lot of different ways. But I, wouldn't certain- be,
0: I would be surprised if we looked up some of the, like, consultants on the show. Or, like, if you follow the, like, VH1 Viacom tree, if there's not some. <laughs> At least
2: like friendships too right because he's in that class now Mm -hmm. so he probably goes to all the fancy parties and stuff yeah um drag drag queens at the met gala
0: oh sorry i keep talking over you because i can't hear you very well
2: oh am i quiet
0: you're a little quiet but
2: oh i think it's mostly me i could try fixing that um i was just saying he's very successful so he gets a lot of respect, probably from other, you know, people in business. I'll edit my settings.
0: Yeah, it was it was a big deal when the when Ru RuPaul and some of the Drag Race girls like um a, like attended the Met Gala. Like, it's kind of nuts that they like that that only happened recently. That they had an invitation <laughs> to the Met Gala,
1: you know? Yes, to to raise money for the Costume Institute
0: like you'd think the costume institute would have invited them early i you know i like that is kind of fucked up to me i mean but that's all like you know um ruling class pageantry and it, like, it's stupid but
5: <laughs> it's kind of um just makes me think a lot about hunger games yes <laughs> well <laughs> because it's like it's like you know it's that thing of like life and sci-fi blending together and then the dystopia is sort of like inspired I, I don't know it's like why do we have a hierarchy of fashion and why are we turning this into a competition to begin with and like why is it a race and like why do, like how come it's not just about People like what if there? What if there wasn't anything to win, and it was just like, "Hey,
0: this is actually really cool." <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: uh, nobody would watch That'd it. Be maybe. way
3: better. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's also Dragula, which is kind of the foil of Drag Race in a lot of ways, and uh, it's still a competition show, but they're like, <laughs> um, they're like more like spooky themed and like <laughs> horror and like a uh, gross out. Um, (laughs) but that, but they, they are also like a lot more like, um, like, they, the open, of course, like, they always, they, they they're also like not anti trans and like, um, have a lot of like diversity of performers and like, you know, like bearded queens and, and all of these things that are like a huge part of drag culture that is just completely like wiped out from RuPaul's Drag Race, um, entirely you know like uh they kind of like pick up all of the things that are like oh this is a little too much for television but they did get they like it started as a youtube show and then they got picked up by by netflix of course so it's like it all gets picked it all gets picked up you know
1: i guess i'm just like most curious about like this ever-expanding empire and them adding new countries seemingly every year right? Like, the UK season, this was only, what, season two? Spain and Australia is coming this year. Like, the the idea, you know, the trying to, like, hoover up and vacuum up all avenues of profit across the entire globe seeming, like, we watch pretty much every week, but we've never watched any of the other country series, and that isn't because of like any like weird xenophobic sentiment that we have, It's just like we get our fill of Drag Race by you watching. Don't need to. <laughs> There's just so. Much. There's so much Drag you don't Race, need like to. it's absurd. And like once you start to be like, "Ooh, I want to listen to the podcast," or "I want to do this stuff," like it. I'm really curious to see like how much further, like this expansion can go because it's like you moved to the you moved from the gay from you know the gay interest channel to like a no, like a more popular regular you know like channel that you don't need to maybe have a special cable package to get but like i think how it can go as far walk?
0: yeah yeah sorry sorry i think you go as far as sports can go was all i was gonna say
3: hmm. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, Nick put the part or the video of, like, looking at the most recent contract or whatever. And the wildest part of that video is when they read the part where people are giving up their likeness uh, to, like, whatever, Viacom and all subsidiaries or all potential futures throughout the universe. Like, it literally said throughout oh. the universe. So, so you're uh, giving up your likeness. <laughs> To be used, you know, in three hundred years in Mars, on like RuPaul's Drag Race universe, Mars Mars or, fracking. Like it's, you know. <laughs> so for your question of how far can it go, like they have a vision,
0: <laughs> right? And that's very similar to athletes. Athletes give up their rights, give up their um shit. Like especially college ones have no fucking rights, and they get put in video games. They get put on all these um you know major networks they don't see residuals yeah they like see the residuals thing, from their performance
1: the, the thing that the thing that really gets me though is like the fact that this is specifically an art right mm-hmm. like there is craftsmanship you have people either making their own costumes or working with someone to design them you have people doing makeup you have hair you have all of these components that is this create like true creative output And the idea of as Lucia was saying, making it a competition, right? And suddenly like you are now like I am not I wouldn't consider myself like a creating artist, but right, like you are not only are you having to deal with navigating capitalism and how are you going to make a living while also being able to like do this thing to like share part of yourself, but you now are also like having it be treated as sport and maybe because RuPaul didn't like the look that you put together in 10 minutes, you get kicked off the first episode and then that's kind of it. Like you did all this stuff, you like signed the contract, all this stuff. And then you're just like gone. And then what? Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. And then maybe you'll get a gig from it. Maybe you'll get a gig. It's all the possibility of getting a job. It's 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 so powerful that uh, because our because we're so deeply broken and have. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say too that Drag Race Thailand is actually really really good and worth no, watching, it because
2: is. It's, Does RuPaul it's, judge that. No, because RuPaul's not involved. <laughs> RuPaul's not involved in all, any of the other ones.
1: No, I mean, they no. So this is the thing that's depends. really funny about it is the naming convention of the shows in the other countries. So there's Drag Race country name or it's rupaul's drag race country name whether rupaul is a judge and then you know at the end of the day like the person who's picking the winner or it's an actual panel of other people
2: it seems like the show is just so much actually about rupaul and rupaul's empire (laughs) and like also how rupaul is He's like kind of this example of success, like the, the like the Democratic Party wants to show this example of success. That RuPaul was very creative and like very uh scrappy and pulled all of this shit together and makes so much money now. And and gets to rule over everybody and strip them of all of their all of their uh uh whatever writes <laughs> it's wild it's, it's
0: vampiric it's straight up vampiric because yeah. it, it it bringing in all this like new talent and associating them with you and like that's what's keeping you relevant is that that's
2: his art practice right yeah. this is his art project
0: because he, he doesn't do it like like, like Nick says, little... he doesn't do his own makeup he doesn't do his own makeup he doesn't do his own wardrobe he doesn't he's hardly in drag. There was a joke on the newest season about like him and like only being in drag for like the one shot and then immediately going into sweatpants from the waist down behind the judging table. Like (laughs) that's it. Like,
3: yeah. So is there a point where it starts not being art and being something else? Like, is there like a breakaway point where am I, you know, is that not, not the right judgment? You know what I mean? Does it like become like when it becomes an industry? Does it become less art, you know?
4: I think it depends on whether you think like art has an intrinsic value, which I I don't agree with. I think like it's just art that you don't like and it's certainly not attractive. But I don't know. I think when we start trying to differentiate like between heavily uh, industrialized art and then uh like you know homemade or or things that are like truth earnest or something you kind of get into pure art ideas which i think you kind of just create gatekeeping things like okay this is how art should be Mm -hmm. but i I totally agree like it's not like i'm gonna prefer the homemade like alternative i know
3: what you mean and it's something i struggle with think you know when i think about you know But, you know, these kinds of things, you know, it's like, what's the breakaway point? Yeah,
4: it's super hard.
1: Well, what's interesting is, like, drag as an art form has the different avenues that have existed historically for queens to, like, become artists. So there's always the discussion of, like, you are a pageant queen because you literally participate in drag pageants that happen across... The country in which you are like determined to win a pageant, in a in a traditional pageant sense, the the one movie that I didn't that was in one of the examples, The Queen, is what from 1967, and that's about a drag pageant, and it's a documentary, like or you have queens that refer to themselves as comedy queens, or like there's the archetypal like what are you fitting into. Or you're, like, the just, like, the weird person who just, like, watched the show or just, like, got into weird shit. And then, like, that's sometimes the queen that, like, RuPaul picks to, like, do quite well. And quite a few winners have been the queens that are the ones that are slightly, like, strange. Like, in a way that, like, maybe they aren't, like the best artist or whatever but it's like ooh, you're the future of drag because you like you're a little quirky you're giving a spin on things but at the end of the day like you're still doing the same thing you're still like putting on a wig and like doing makeup you just might have a look that like isn't just like you in a dress
3: Sharon needles oh, oh sorry oh, oh. just the drag is so interesting i think because it combines so many it potentially combines so many different kinds of art into one thing. Like right, obviously there's the performance aspect for everyone, but then like, right, there's the makeup, there's the costuming. And so like if you're a drag queen who does all of their own makeup and makes your own costume, like you're stacking like all these different arts together to do your thing versus a queen who maybe, you know, has more money and has a designer make them like a gown and then has someone else who like does their makeup for them or things like that like there's which like they're still doing their performance and maybe helping design, but like right, it's like different levels or different i don't know amounts well of the, work.
0: yeah these nuances are often completely lost on the fandom also mm-hmm. and they're and they're just seeing what they're conditioned to think like to, to think is good, so you get a lot of like reactionary mm-hmm. insane shit. <laughs> Because like they they like polish like the the consensus is often like they like the the queens who are like yeah super polished and that that equals money that equals they had the money to pay um, designers and then now that like Instagram's very involved in the show too like Instagram queens another archetype and that's like a whole other fucking currency that you come with in your little arsenal on drag race. It's just like all of these like things that don't make it an equal competition. Like the quote about RuPaul being like, it's like performance enhancing drugs. It's like, like, I can't believe like in 2018, like she was still under the illusion that like, this was anything like a pageant, like where the pageants actually do have like all of these fucking roles and criteria. For, like, to follow that. Like, pageants are fucking stupid, but they do have a shitload of criteria, like, uh, for the type of drag that the pageant is... um, Well, yeah, that's
1: that's like with the, like, ice skating and gymnastics. At the end of the day, like, you know, like, what moves are worth certain points. And you put together a routine that is an art product, right? It is a performance... But at the end of the day, like, they're still like, oh, you did a triple axel. You get X number of points. You failed it. Where like, this show is all artifice. Literally everything about all of this is artifice. And that's just like where when I made this joking suggestion that I was going to present on RuPaul's Drag Race, like <laughs> why it's so interesting, because it's like, yeah, it's not necessarily in like a piece of art, right? But it's like, it's the way in which everyone in the world for the most part is engaging with this entire art form.
0: Do you know what the sport it's closest to is is wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's the it's absolutely the closest is wrestling. Because mm-hmm. like there is so much artifice involved in wrestling. But then also those 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 folks are performing.
2: Oh, sorry. oh no, sorry. I, I still can't hear you very I'm well sorry. when I'm <laughs> But there's two kinds of wrestling and one is already fake wrestling, but then there's another that's real wrestling. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking it, about the the W. I'm talking 20. about
0: both. I'm talking about both because drag can also contain those types of multitudes. Um, not not talking about RuPaul Drag Race. I'm talking about drag as a concept. I guess uh, is 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 very much like wrestling, and and so you have like and and including like even if it is like fake or whatever, like you have all of these like rules. And there's all these people exploiting your, your labor and you you can get very injured and it's very um, physically demanding. All of that is part of it, too.
3: <laughs> so where does it become cheesy? Where's, like, the... You know what I'm saying? Like, where does it become where it's, like, underground and cool and interesting? Oh,
0: that's gone. That's out the window.
1: But what, right. What's funny, too, is you saying, like phrasing that question as you did one of the biggest critiques that a queen can get with their runway look like their final look that they're being judged on episode each episode is that it's too costumey because queens that are queens that like do comedy or things are going to do like a conceptual piece like i'm dressed as a taxi driver but i'm also dressed as a taxi right? right like and it's like the biggest critique you can get in some ways is that looks like It's a Halloween costume.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm curious about. Okay.
3: But then there's also, like, the other big critique you can get, which is that your look is too off the rack, which might have been featured. But they don't have any distinction between, we know that you made this dress yourself, and it does look like I could buy it in a store, and it's gorgeous, versus you did buy this at h and (laughs) M which like seems like it should maybe have a. something
0: with that joe black episode too that's so funny i I don't remember where i read this or heard this but like the runway look um they loved it it was like at the seaside and like joe black had like embellished this like nice like um suit or something and it had like a lot of like store-bought elements to it but because like that's often like, oh, you gotta drag it up. Is a critique where if you embellish the thing enough, it's good. <laughs> but it is like a, it is like a trying to appeal to like a mad king because you never know when RuPaul <laughs> is gonna be a high off her fucking meds and just freak the fuck out at you, <laughs> like, <laughs> and be like, no, it's not. There's because there's no, and the editing too is a whole nother layer like where like queens will be like oh they edited out this like huge contextual thing that like explains this a little differently or whatever um or or like you know like cuz the way the editing can go they can really put make any um decision they want like they can, they can make any storyline they want happen and any like path they really want to happen happen and you know so it's it's extremely like rigged process there's no coherence to to it Um which is why I think of course RuPaul finally had to be like okay we're gonna have a trans masculine person on the show we're gonna have trans women on the show we're just gonna open it up like you know because like, why do you have like all these arbitrary rules like that just pop up out of nowhere and then like and then you got to, like, double down and, like, do this shit that um, alienates, like, a huge part of, like, the community you're supposed to represent.
4: Rupo's virtue signaling.
1: <laughs> I mean, it really is, though, like, and it's so funny because at every opportunity, like, he has failed the test. Like, truly, in this season that's about to finish this week is, like, trying to correct for all of the sins over the last 12 seasons prior, in which, like, Gottmik, there's been such a, like, father-son relationship that they continue to try to push in regards to, like, RuPaul is just the greatest. I feel like I can be myself 100% around them. And it's just very, I don't know.
0: Who by the way, got Mick, is a celebrity makeup artist. They are not like supporting a struggling trans person. They are uh immer- they are doing a brand collaboration with an extremely established um like celebrity makeup artist to rehabilitate RuPaul's image. That's what's like make no mistake, that's what's happening. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, even just the way RuPaul like choked up in like what the last episode, what, being like, wow, the fact that you're here today and like your parents and you're, you're a vision for all kids everywhere, like in a way that like just was like not genuine. <laughs> like, I mean, the sentiment is there, but it wasn't, you know, it was like, okay, you could have done this five seasons ago. 12 seasons
0: ago. Yeah, when it counted, you weren't there. And it, and it just keeps, it, 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 it kept happening over and over again, you know? And that's, that's like, I think we've all mentioned at some point in this conversation, like this sort of line that gets crossed, like whether it's like a hundred followers to 20,000 followers and what are you doing or like, or, or whether it's like, um, you know, starting, starting out being able to do a certain type of arts and then um, maybe your class position changes when you're able to like own property or like, you know, um, it, like it, it, it's something shifts, right? Like something happens and, uh, and yeah, and and there's a lot of that that happens in drag race, not just with RuPaul, but with like all these different contestants like constantly. You know? <laughs> Um, and and what unifies them is um is like being part of like a larger umbrella like of marginalized identities um and being like cases they're 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 inspirational cases often of of just showing people that you come you you work hard you do this and you too can be like rupaul that's like a big theme we keep coming back to
1: and all you have to do is experience, like, the manufactured TV drama of seeing your dad, who used to hate that you were gay and couldn't catch a football, say that he's really proud of you, that you're on national television, and following your dream, which happens basically every season and is truly the worst moment, is, <laughs> the, is that is that tearjerker moment where it's like, how did you find this parent? Like they the contestant that we said on the show that they hadn't talked in years and now the parent is on tv for us all to witness this very emotional thing
3: like literally estranged parents that rupaul's drag race producers like hunt down and then say like say some nice things on camera like
0: yep you you, you need the trauma porn you need the emotional (laughs) porn it's it's good for the show you know
3: (laughs) I'm taking notes.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it really is though, like at this point, like a pyramid scheme multi level marketing like conglomerate, basically. Like you know, there there are different levels of like like classes that have been created by RuPaul's Drag Race within like the community that you yeah, can really
5: like, like shatter your illusion if you have to sign that thing right at the beginning though.
3: So. Yeah. I think that it's like right the contract this one is like the most wild one of all of mm-hmm. them but
5: the universe one <laughs>
3: <laughs> but they do you sign that like right away after you like submit your video I think or something yeah, like, yeah. that's the contract that
5: um, Dave Chappelle talks about mm-hmm. the one that. He lost the rights to the Dave Chappelle's show. <laughs> yeah.
0: He refused That's to do deadly. he was he was offered a shitload of money to do a like third season or whatever and he refused because the yeah, the contract's so fucked up. Yeah.
1: But but okay, but think like as much as Chappelle is the you know, like whatever to think about chappelle walking away from the contract because he understood that all of my friends in a suburban white high school were just quoting chappelle show and that the that all of the all of the biting critique of racism in america was just going over people's heads so they could do little john impressions Mm -hmm. and how like there's that moment and how does that compare to like drag race continuing to like Corral all the like white women office workers like your coworkers that have bought into like every 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 aspect of the whole thing. The show the pre-show, the post show, the podcast, all that stuff.
2: Do you know anything about Zoomers who watch Drag Race?
0: Um I know I, I've
2: been one like been learning some more Zoomer uh lingo <laughs> And I'm like, where are they getting these things? Like, it sounds like, and someone said, oh, it's from things like Drag Race. Like, it all comes from gay culture, but these 10 year olds don't know anything about it and they're just saying it. <laughs> Do you know? Are they watching it? Yeah. Is it just,
0: yeah. Like, a lot of, a lot of like the fans that we're talking about who are like very reactionary are these like suburban teenagers. The Yeah, or 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 younger, yeah. But I I would say like like yeah, young young teens or or older teens that just like are very sheltered and don't like understand like the different context. They I feel like they often have no context of money. Like there's a there's a very contentious thing with the top four of this season. They everybody hates this contestant, Candy Muse, and to me, Candy Muse is the best of all (laughs) season. And like not and I I kind of have a certain it's 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 awakened it's awoken a certain um brooklyn nationalism in me that has never existed before because normally i'm very very dismissive of like bushwick and brooklyn like art culture is very obnoxious when you live here but like to to see it on the national stage get so trash really like pissed me off and we 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 actually like in the art and labor discord for we we watch it together if you guys want to join for the finale. I think we're going to watch the finale together. Um I had on like my friend a friend of my friend designed some of Candy Muse's looks um for this uh season cuz there the, it 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 often does like involve like the even like the local more subversive drag communities that like my my friends and I are a part of, you know, like end up on the national television as well, which is pretty fucking weird but then it gets totally trashed it's like it's trashed to shit and they're like this like this dress is so fucking trash like and it became this huge like meme and all these like teenagers like completely destroyed her over it and like hate her fashion and just like like it, to me it's like this interesting like experimental like kind of neons and um like kind of club kitty like but, but high fashion like looks that I think are really compelling and cool. Um, but like when in this national context, they all hate it and they hate her and like it. And in this top four, it's like candy muse. Who's like using like, you know, local friends of mine with like a thousand followers to do her like finale looks and like shit like that compared to like dot who is a celebrity makeup or, like hollywood makeup artist uh simone who has extre- like house of avalon money which is like sponsored by jeremy scott and moschino which is a huge fucking fashion brand like gigantic millions of dollars like every single one of simone's looks have like commercial level productions every time she posts them on instagram like huge budget photo shoot and video shoot Accompany all of her looks to raise up the profile of these fashion brands. Uh, and then, uh, and then you have, uh, Rose, who's like an extremely basic, like Disney gay, like straight up like Disney shit, like, uh, Broadway Little Mermaid level fucking like that, like representing that <laughs> also very million dollar industry of like theater kids. Um, And then you have Candy Muse who's like the scumbag <laughs> like fucking Bronx native, like raised by um two women in the projects, you know, who like didn't, didn't come to drag race with a lot of resources, but made it to the top four, like is like clearly the underdog, but like they, they can't even like give her that narrative arc enough for like the teens to buy it. They don't understand because they can't, They can't put the cards out on the table too much and, like, explain, like, oh, yeah, teens, the reason you like these other queens more than Candy Moose is because they have, like, a shitload of money behind them. and Okay,
5: I got a question about this whole (laughs) theory because what about Katya? I'm just saying, like, Katya came out with a hammer and sickle and did, like, the Hello Kitty performance where it was all about, like, how bullshit it was (laughs) that people spent so much money on their looks and katya was always like pulling out something crazy just like i don't know i put this together and like of course didn't win but like ended up getting a big old cult huge
0: huge cult yeah yeah Yeah, there's something to there's something to that but let's think about katya's season still on logo correct was it season six
1: yeah yeah
3: well, she did get them. sent home. The the episode where she had the sickle on the <laughs> stage, just
4: there were producers in the backstage like,
0: <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> and then there's a clear effort to to um, show the sickle in a bad light to like kind of change the narrative in a, in the future season. And yeah.
5: Show, yeah, yeah, with like, like the Russian collusion.
0: Again, and it, they have the Israeli yeah. line. They have the like pro-Israel line, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, there's something. Like, it 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 it's these like timelines of like there was a time where it is possible to like be sub subversive, maybe. And I think it is still like 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 Nick is saying, you know, there are avenues where it's like still possible to sort of be subversive. But it it these levels change when they go into yeah. national syndication. Yeah.
1: And 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 I think too, like right, it's 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 local scenes of just like queers trying to express themselves that find themselves doing this thing, who then like start to potentially be able to gig, start to do whatever, and then get plucked to the national scale, and like, what does that do, right? Because like at the end of the day, like you're applying to this thing that's going to make your art form a career. Otherwise, you're working for tips, doing a night with your friends, because it's something that you want or need to do. And, like, that difference, like, you literally are making career artists. Like, RuPaul makes career artists in a way that, like, I feel like obviously that exists in every industry, but in no industry is it the decision of like a single person or a single like entity that is doing it. Like even
0: even other reality shows, it's like um, American Idol has like the the artifice of democracy a little bit more put together, where like they have like the whole um, audition process in all these different um, states or whatever.
1: Yeah, like this is literally one person. Like from beginning to end, you submit your submission tapes to RuPaul. Like in earlier seasons they talk about ooh look at your submission tapes how many times have you applied oh I finally decided to bring you on ha 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 I'm RuPaul like and now like I'm going to kick you off and then like give this money to this other person that I like more like that's the only reason where I think that this is so interesting because it is literally one person Mm -hmm.
3: Well, and even, like, the non-competes of at least this most recent contract or whatever, where it's, like, you will be managed by our managers for, like, the duration of, like, your season plus four years, which then, like, can reset any time you appear back on a season or, like, whatever.
0: The winner's contract, too. The winner's contract is very strict about, like, where they can tour and how they can tour and... Um, and what what they're allowed to do until the next winner is crowned and shit like that.
1: Does RuPaul seem constrained by uh, the perceptions around, like, can he... Does RuPaul choose who would have been chosen if there was
0: a, you know, audience vote thing?
1: Hmm.
3: A couple seasons... He at least said that he took the fans' opinions, like, opinions into account. Um, but it's all just kind of like, who knows? <laughs> like,
0: uh, there was a season they had to crown two winners because like, the weird criteria they set up didn't really match the response of airing the season.
1: Mm.
0: And the political climate as well. And so they just had to crown two winners. Yeah.
3: Wait, because yeah. was that one, Monet Exchange, but also yeah. whatever her
5: Trinity. Name
1: is. Yeah, Trinity. Like,
3: and it's, it's just like that... Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> in it, in
1: well, no, and like Monet literally. Exchange. It literally
3: is. That she <laughs> was like the first black queen who won Drag Race. No. No. Okay.
0: No. My bad. A uh, baby, won. Yeah.
5: Oh and... right,
3: the very first season. My bad. But yeah. like since then, in like Bob,
5: which Bob. we haven't watched. Oh this season, right, but... sorry.
3: We're not fully that's a great up. season <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it couldn't just be Monet even though Monet was incredible and is incredible but that's okay yeah but
0: because of like the weird like w- way they edited the sort of criteria and the wins and like the track record and like they were just like I, <laughs> I don't know why they couldn't just be like fuck it <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm
1: well, thank you for all indulging me in this. I spent way too much time on this presentation. <laughs> but that was so I've, thought, I've, okay. I've thought a lot about it, and I do. I do feel like I don't know. Like it's interesting because, like, with the NDA stuff, like, right? Like, it's so messy. But like, what are the ways in which like people like can understand? The underlying, just like, what is the difference between a queen that knows how to sew? Like, literally, that's a joke every season too, right? Like, you come on RuPaul's Drag Race and you don't know how to sew? Like, we do this every season and it's like, because they don't need to sew. They mm-hmm. haven't needed to sew. Who are the queens that need to sew and make their own stuff because this is the way in which they can do this art? Like, that is never the way in which, the, in which that question or that joke is framed. But, like, it's so close. Like, the line between, like, in my opinion, like, the more you watch the show and the bigger of a fan you become, the more obvious the contradictions become. Because if you're a casual watcher, you're just like, yeah, like, fuck it. Like, that person looks better than this person or, you know, whatever. But once you start watching, that's when you start to realize that it's all just a house of cards. It's all fake. It's all artifice. It's all this, like this random thing that we all watch and put so much energy and effort into, even though it means nothing.
0: Because it's so pretty. It's so fun. It's like, and everybody's uh, so charismatic and, you know, like while well, we watch any television show, you know?
5: <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, doesn't everyone just want to see something cool?
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is why which is why Crystal method regurgitating oh, the into their own mouth is peak television like you are you're trying to win $100,000 and like you're not going to win like everyone kind of knows that but like how do you try to justify that you deserve it?
0: <laughs>
2: Sasha like going
0: there. Sasha's season was cool too. I don't know if you watched season 9 but like there's some interesting like it kind of throws the criteria into the ocean with the finale as well um yeah. in ways that i agreed with um <laughs> but maybe that's just cuz i like sasha but i don't know. <laughs> like sasha's also kind of like a queen who tread her own path like the moment she was off the contracts she's like kind of she's trying to build her own fucking thing
1: yeah like all out of national sawdust yeah
0: right um, it's yeah you can see like she yeah it's like her there's like not that many queens that do that that are just like I I renounce my royal heritage and I'm my
5: own oh my god they're leaving the royal family don't
0: let them do it
1: wait which of the producers said something racist <laughs>
0: Like probably fucking all of them. No
1: exactly. <laughs> um
0: yeah, it's a it's a weird show. I mean, if you guys want to watch the finale with <laughs> me, I'm going I'll stream it live on Friday. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we can we can watch and I and like you can see my weird rants and then also I like watching it with the commercials because um on the VH1 app, like on our website there's all of these like insane like batshit insane fucking commercials for um apps they're all apps No, like, you get see oh but God. you
1: don't get the ones we get no right, i, I get different ones
2: recording
4: fun.
1: yeah no, that's
2: fine. <laughs> lots of fun
1: Let fun Let's fun lots of fun